You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Come on, feel it. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing in the quarantine? It doesn't even feel like quarantine anymore. Like this is just no, not anymore. This is what mm-hmm. life is. No, well, it's not even like it's the quarantine. That's not even the news anymore. That's I know. Now yeah. we're now we're living in authoritarian police state America. Oh, you're talking about yeah. Space Force? Are you talking about yes, the uh... yes, Space Force? That's Space Force. Force. That's exactly what I'm That's talking the about. Future did you guys watch that? Have you guys have you guys watched that yet on Netflix? Space Force. You know, no. we did actually. Yeah, uh, caught the first. We were all excited about it. Jenna was really excited about it. She's a big Office fan. She turned me onto the Office. And uh, we both love Steve Carell and saw Netflix was coming up with a very timely uh, show. Looked like it had a lot of potential for satire and social commentary with a few chuckles in between. Uh, And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, But after three episodes, we just haven't gone back to it. And we, uh, oh, wow. It's one of those things. So we watched it all Friday night, right? Right when it came out, we're excited about it. Hey, it laughed, had a good time. And then uh, did a little uh, FaceTime call with her family on Friday, uh, on Sunday. Happy belated birthday, yeah, Jenna. Yes, yes. She Happy had a great birthday. birthday. Uh, I mean, considering we were stuck at home, but, uh, you know, we made the best of it. FaceTiming with her uh, family on Sunday, and they were like, hey, how was that show you were so excited about? And that's when you can tell, when you've let it kind of percolate, a little marinate for a couple of days <laughs> after you've seen it. Uh-oh. Uh, and, 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 and our reaction at the same time was like, eh, you know, average, B+. Plus. And that's kind of the reviews mm. I think it's getting. Um is it because it just feels like it's more of the same? It's actually not. No, it doesn't feel like The Office at all. Uh, that <laughs> character is not. He, he's he's doing Steve Carell, but he's not doing Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Is that the character? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not as funny. It's not as screwball. They're really kind of, well, I don't know. Is it a show that may grow on you or grow on people? It sounds like it's grown out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Like he liked it at first, and he doesn't like it as much now. No, I, the third episode was actually, I think, better than the pilot episode. I kind of like where they're going. I like what they're doing. Maybe a little more serious than I think some people are expecting. I think a lot of people are expecting a sequel to The Office, you know? And uh, you're not going to get that here. A uh, lot of biting uh, social commentary, though. But you, you kind of have to follow news to get a lot of the in-jokes uh-huh. to, to kind of get the people that they're riffing off of. Uh, Dude, that was like watching what was it? The network on HBO? Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, the Aaron the, or the newsroom, oh. the news newsroom, uh, where you really had to be you had to be up on current events. Current but it was events, weird because yeah. like it it tackled current events from like three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And our, our main characters always had like the moral high ground because oh, they course. had the the advantage, the uh, the luxury of hindsight. Mm-hmm. He was able to kind of write it. So so our main characters were never wrong. They always took the right side on stuff. And I'm like. <laughs> All right, and like I liked it. I thought it was pretty well written. Even though he, you know, my thing with Sorkin, the fact Sorkin. that he like just he cannibalizes himself. Like he'll use the same elements, the same things in every show he writes. Oh sure. Um, and he definitely does that here. But it was still a strong show, and I think in in no small part due to the performances of the supporting cast in that show. Oh yeah. Like this, the supporting cast in that show is so good. Um, but Jeff Daniels was great too. But man, that supporting cast was really good. Very well done. 
Well, Very good point. <laughs> Back to Space Force. Yeah, this can, wasn't about the news. I can say the same thing, <laughs> though, about uh, Space Force. Good supporting cast and a surprise appearance by, uh, rest in peace, Wilford. Not Wilford Brimley. What's his name? Oh. We just uh, Will. Uh, Shit, the big guy. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see. Uh, Fred, it's Fred Willard. F, guys, it starts with, yeah, there you go. Fred Willard, uh, big guy. No, but he he's in it. But it's really sad. Never forget. <laughs> never, never forget. Yeah, he's he's in it. It's really sad though because he's playing Steve Carell's old at the doorstep of death Ugh. with a bit of dementia. His father, uh, and he's looking oh, wow. really old and frail. In the, like, if you didn't know he was gonna die. Three months after this movie movie show stopped filming, like it, it, it's kind of apparent. But he, the guy, yeah. still has his wits about him. Still funny as hell. Just um, yeah. a little too soon for me. A little too close to home. Watching him play uh, a decrepit old man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I love love uh, Wilford Brimley. You, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he was great in that one Ewok TV movie. Yeah, I loved exactly. him. Exactly. I loved him in selling that oatmeals movie. and uh, in my favorite in, Re- in Remo Williams. He was great in that movie too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tess, what's yeah. new with you? I'll what have you it. been doing? Uh, me, man. Well, I've been trying to not die of this Texas heat. Is the main thing I've been doing right now. <laughs> but, been, he's been duct taping the same piece to his AC unit over like and over. A year. For like a year, it feels like at this point. <laughs> it's like it's, you know, I get, uh, I get a few hours of good cool air. Mm-hmm. It'll come through, man. It'll cool down the whole house. But then like by, by noon, it's hot as shit. And then it's just hot. How like many of you live in that house? Three of us. Three of us live in this house. But that's so the thing. Why don't you guys pitch in and get the here's, AC? Here's, here's the thing. We are going to. We're all like, damn, 5,000? <laughs> every time we see that number, we're like, so there's no more duct tape that you guys got? You can't. <laughs> But see now what we've done now though we all each have we all each have our own individual um AC units in our room. So like yeah. So it's just kind of like, all right, well, it's 90 something degrees in the house, but it's 70 degrees in my room. Wait, but isn't this where the story about Keon sleeping in your on your floor? Yeah. Isn't this where this yeah, originated? Yeah, this from? is where this originated because I bought an AC unit first and he didn't have one. He's like, hey man. Hey, I'm just gonna stay in your room tonight, bro. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and he did. And then instantly the next morning, I was like, all right, bro, we're going to get you an AC unit. We're not doing this. We're not doing this shit. And I actually told Joe this fucking story, and ever, and ever since he just imagines that Keon sleeps on my floor. Every, every like, time, time you say his name, I just imagine and, he's like, huh? And his like head's gonna but, pop up the screen. You, you know, you know what's hilarious about that though? So today, Luigi just got his AC unit. Like me and Keon have had our own for over a year now, but Luigi just got his today, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I, I was all slinking out of you guys' rooms at night and everything like that." I was like, "Oh my god, if Joe, if Joe here didn't say it, <laughs> oh my god, the jokes just write themselves." Oh, yes, they, they do. do. But no, oh, I mean, other, other than that, I mean, I've been watching a bunch of a, a bunch of anime, catching up on that. Oh, you know, anything that Joe has voiced. Actually, oh yes. Well, I don't know if I can talk about it yet or not. Yeah, I mean, um, we can we can talk about it. Um, today, I uh, I did some voice work for Funimation on uh, a couple of episodes of My Hero Academia. Yes, he did. And, yes, he did. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. It's episodes so eighty seven and eighty eight. Um, yeah. What I've, I've voiced so far, and yeah. Uh, nothing huge. <laughs> I, I just hey, I just watched those. I just watched those episodes today. Actually, so eighty-seven. Like, you really? didn't watch eighty-seven and eighty-eight. 
I watch you, them. Oh, you watch it with the with the with the yeah um, with the subtitle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can watch it like a real anime watcher. You know gotcha. what I'm <laughs> so You've never heard Joy's voice on any of these, and never. No, will. I mean I've heard, I, I've heard Honka to Tonka to Ramen. But like that's that's one of his that's one of his go to animes that he has. Oh, yeah. Honka to Tonka to Ramen. I play one of the villains in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in my roommate's a cat. It's a good one. That's a good and one. Midnight Occult Civil Servants. I haven't seen that one. I love the titles yeah, of these anime. Yeah, oh, they're great. And, then, <laughs> and now uh, there's uh, this a show called Railgun that I did some voice work for. Hmm. Uh, Railgun. Rail yeah, uh, which is I think a sequel series to another one. I don't hmm. know, dude. It's so weird. Like the history that a lot of these shows have. The hmm. fact that like a lot of them originate as manga. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they, they end up making the anime based on the manga until in more cases that I've actually realized in more cases than not, they actually they end up like going past where the manga ends yeah. or the last the last manga. And they end up just making the show from there. Yeah, just go like wherever they want it to go. No, interesting. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. That's- yeah. That's what happened to Bleach. That's like what people have told me famously is what happened oh, to the show. Bleach. Oh, oh. Yeah, I started on Bleach. He hates that. He gets into fights with Bleach fans online every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, duh. I've never even seen it. But he's like, man, fuck it's that good. anime, man. It didn't, end, it, it, it didn't end well at all, man. So fuck no. that anime. And they're bringing <laughs> yeah. it back, man. Bullshit. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it started good. Like, the first couple seasons of that show What's was it fantastic. About? Um, Laundry detergent? So it, Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's it's actually like referring to like the bleach white of a skull, like the. Um, oh. But but hmm. it's like it's basically about this guy who finds out that he's got um. A, I don't want to give too much away, but he has the ability. Just to want to see, like, Do it. No, go he, ahead. He you has the he has the ability to like to to see these evil spirits and fight evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gets kind of like inducted into this society or whatever of these warriors. And there's like infighting going on within. And uh, it's just, man, it's really interesting. And it yeah. starts, again, the characters are so rich and and interesting in the first few seasons. Then you just start meeting way too many people. <laughs> and you're like, who are you? Like, there will be whole episodes where you don't even see the main characters and you're like, who are you? Like, why are we <laughs> dedicating a whole episode to this guy in a funny hat? It's like Lost uh, Season I, 2. I, yeah. Oh, uh, the, the I hate those episodes. We, call the, we call those the filler episodes. And that was yeah. funny because somebody, um, somebody on Twitter was asking, they're like, yo, what happened to those murder hornets? And yeah, that's was a like, filler episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Oh, that's great. Did you guys did you guys see the news that like um an asteroid the size of the Empire State Building has been spotted yeah. heading towards Earth? Oh really? Please well, just end it all. Let's, I mean like that's really that's where we're headed, right? Like that seems to be where all signs are pointing. It's the fucking seventh seal. <laughs> this is eleventh hour, man. It's, <laughs> it, it, see that, that brings me that brings me to the memes that I enjoy. It's always like it's, you have now entered the seventh level of Jumanji. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like someone's like got a picture of like of uh, of Robin Williams from the movie. It's like someone needs to finish that goddamn game of too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, no, not not really doing a whole lot. Uh, Sarah and I tilled up the backyard. We want to actually grow some real grass back there so the kids oh, can play in the yard. Nice. And- uh, we could we could take advantage of having a backyard. We can we can get Joel and Jenna's inflatable screen and do like movie yeah. nights back there and stuff. Hell yeah, things collecting um, dust in yeah. my garage, please. So no, we've we've been working on that. In fact, tonight we went over and did a quick Lowe's run 
uh, before all the stores closed. And it's so it's so sad. Like the stores all had like these early closing times due to COVID. And now because of all this other stuff that's going on, like they're closing them even earlier. Yeah. And they're like boarding up the windows and boarding up the doors. Yeah. And the thing is like, I can't, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm like, bitch, you're in Mesquite. Like you're in Garland. <laughs> you're yeah, in Mesquite. No one, nobody is demonstrating at the, the Walmart off yeah. of Market Avenue in Garland. <laughs> Like that's that's not. I don't think that's going to happen. But I didn't think you the, know what uh, went that far. Yeah, it's all downtown, yeah, right? I, yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it, one it should be. That's kind of <laughs> where City Hall is. <laughs> it kind of doesn't make any sense if you're demonstrating outside of a Target or a Walmart, you know. But whatever. Uh, but no, we uh, we went over to to Walmart to try to pick up some stuff, mm-hmm. and it was all boarded up and closed oh, already. Wow. Oh wow! And, so, uh, so we ran over to Lowe's and we were able to get most of the stuff we needed. I uh, got some topsoil and nice. uh, a new a new hose rack and stuff like that to put on the back, and you know, just trying to get this grass growing in the backyard. Yeah, how's that going to work out with the dog when you let him loose after you um, planted your lovely yard? So far, so good. I mean, we've oh, we've yeah? laid the seed down and stuff. Yeah, oh. he's fine. I mean, he he shits on it, but I mean, we can just make that into fertilizer. <laughs> it's fertilizer, yeah, it's in nature. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, other than that, um, you seen any good movies? And then, have I seen any good movies? Yeah. Um, Did I stutter, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I mean, I don't think I've watched anything new. No, I, I haven't watched anything new. Not even this week's film, because you've seen it before. No, this, this week's <laughs> film. This this one's an old favorite. But uh, before we get into that, mm. we are the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And it's that's Tess. Tess. Right there. Uh, <laughs> be into me. it. Look at you. My guy. My guy. <laughs> this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week, we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other and uh, invite mm-hmm. you to take part in the discussion. Uh, uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash editing bay or just put uh the editing bay in the search bar on facebook that's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes click on that and that's where you could talk back to us let us know what you think about the movie let us know if there's something you'd like for us to watch in the future and uh, and we can talk about go ahead and put that there we'll put it on the list and uh, and maybe someday <laughs> in the course of six seven years we'll get to your suggestion mm-hmm. um so we had the opportunity mm. to break the cycle. We did two post-apocalyptic style movies yep. that were a little dark, kind of dark comedies, uh, mm. dramas. Um, and we had the opportunity to kind of break that cycle and do some kind of a like a goofy comedy. But instead, the way the coin toss works. <laughs> Is that how you're deciding your movies? You're doing coin tosses now? It was it was between two of the movies that I love, like I two movies that I really enjoy, uh, and I was like, you know, these guys. I've been giving them ninja movies and you know, <laughs> yeah. bad uh, the, Hulk the bad Hulk movies. Hogan movies. <laughs> you know, let's let's see if I can give them some kind of quality, like something that's actually got some merit to it. Something that might it might be a little bit meatier. They can sink their teeth into. Can you tell us what um, the other one was, or are you saving it the, for a future no, episode? No, I'm I'm saving it for a future episode. Wow. It was lucky number eleven. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I put I put Lucky Number Slevin in the same category as the whole nine yards. Like those are Bruce Willis movies that are embarrassments. Um, what about the jackal? No, so the you know what? I never saw the jackal. Mm, well, you can add that to that same uh, pile. I think. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Got a little trilogy there uh, for you. No, what I uh, what I picked was 1995's Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Um, one, because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I love that movie. And 
too, because I don't think either one of you had seen it. Nope, never. Uh, well, you uh, you weren't directed. alive, and uh, I had yeah. heard of it um, because he yes, was three. I was three. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I just turned three actually because this came out on December first. I stand corrected. <laughs> But uh, I do remember hearing about it when it came out. I was too young to see it because it's an R-rated movie. I wish um, I had been able to see it back then. Uh, but you know what? I'm kind of glad uh, that I had a little 30-year hiatus, or 25 years, I guess is what it is. Of, of movies like this. Uh, well, and specifically this one, because uh, now I can appreciate it. And uh, maybe I wouldn't have at the young, tender age of whatever I was in 1995. Gotcha. Uh, the film is directed by Gary Fleeter, who also mm. directed Runaway Jury, Don't Say a Word, and Kiss the Girls, uh, and written by Scott Rosenberg, yeah. who uh, mm. also wrote Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds, and the two new Jumanji films. Right. Oh. I know. When you yeah. said that earlier, I was like, ah, a sense of theme here. There's a little bit of a theme. So here's the deal. The movie, the budget for this movie was $8 million. Okay. Sounds about right. It, it, Brought in five hundred and twenty nine thousand six hundred and seventy seven dollars. What went wrong? What? Like I don't understand because um, what the other thing that's confounding about this is the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Did you see those? You checked those out. Thirty three percent critic, seventy two percent audience. Yes, and as we've said before, yeah. I always usually kind of lean towards where the audience is because critics are sometimes colored by um, things that came out before, things that are going on at the time. Wow. Uh, is, is you can't really trust them, especially when there's this wide of a gap uh, in, in yeah. likability. I, I don't get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that some of the uh, some of the negativity uh, speaks for itself in some some of the reviews. Uh, a lot of them, if you looked on Rotten Tomatoes, like a lot of the reviews said, quote, not available. So it's like someone <laughs> just gave a score and didn't write anything about it. Mm -hmm. But there's a... Uh, there's if, if you for the negative ones that do have reviews, there's kind of a common thread of like Tarantino yep. clone. If you want to watch something better, watch a Tarantino movie. Um, and there's I mean, we've said that even here on this podcast. We've said that back in 1995, like the world was full of Tarantino clones. Yep. And yeah, this is definitely a movie that's kind of informed by the movement that Tarantino started. Um, just real quick to give you an idea of the other movies that came out that year as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Clueless. Seven, Jumanji, Braveheart, Jeez. Apollo mm -hmm. 13, Heat, Toy Story, Casino, Waterworld, 12 Monkeys, Bad Boys, Tommy yeah. Boy, Ooh. Billy Madison, Friday, oh. Mortal Kombat, Hackers, mm -hmm. Batman Forever, a Goofy Movie, <laughs> yeah, Tank Girl, Goldeneye, uh, Judge Dredd, Pocahontas, The Bridges of Madison County, uh, The Quick and the Dead, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, Empire oh. Records, Desperado, The yeah. Indian in the Cupboard, um, Dangerous Minds, The American President, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and Dead Man Walking. Mm, nice. Just to name several. Man, <laughs> nice. every time you do this, and every time it's a movie from the 90s... And I know I'm biased. I know we both are because uh, we're, we, you know, that was that was kind of when we grew. That's when, mm -hmm. when we like our golden age of like, like finding what it is that we like. But goddamn, did the '90s have still to this day some of the best films? Yeah, yeah. I mean '95 is huge. Just those first four. Mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah. like wow. Uh, the fact that that Scorsese had both. No, no, it wasn't Scorsese that did Heat. That was uh, oh man, uh, what's man. His name? Yeah, yeah, Michael Mann. Uh, I almost I was like, Scorsese had two huge movies that year. <laughs> um, so we've got things to do in Denver when you're dead. And even though it's it's raked over the coals for being a Tarantino clone, I feel like 
I feel like a lot of the negative reviews unfairly score it. Um, and I know I'm going to say that I'm biased. I like the movie. <laughs> and coming back and watching it again after – it's probably been a good six years since I've seen this thing. Yeah, I still really enjoy it. There's plenty – that it's not doing right, <laughs> but but there's still I think that the good far outweighs the bad of what's going on. So it starts off. I'm sorry, Joel. Before before we get into that, I'll just kind of give a quick summary. Uh, the movie is about a guy named Jimmy the Saint Tosnia, mm-hmm. played by Andy Garcia, and he's a former gangster. He's kind of gotten out of the life, and he's trying to make a legit business uh, with this company that like people who are dying can like. They can record videos giving advice and stuff for different topics. And then their loved ones later can come back and kind of access these archives. Well, he gets approached by a couple of mobsters. They bring him to go see the big boss played by Christopher Walken. And he gives that he gives him a job. He's like, I'm calling in a marker, Jimmy. I want you to do this job for me. Uh, my son, he hasn't been the same since his girlfriend left him. Uh, I want you to go ahead and scare her current boyfriend. So he goes away. So that way they could be together again. She loved him once. She can learn to love him again. And the, then the, the job ends up going south. Oh, yeah. And a big because, because it goes south, these guys now are marked for death. And the whole thing, like the title basically tells you, like because all this happens within the first like 45 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie is what the title says. It's Jimmy trying to set up his buddies, trying to get them out of Denver because they're all dead. Like mm-hmm. they, they yeah. need to get out of town or else Christopher Walken's goons are going to get him. Or <laughs> Steve Buscemi is going to get <laughs> menacing. <Mr>. Shush. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the first thing that you see in this movie though, oh, is wow. it starts off with like kids on a playground, jump roping and stuff. Oh, yeah. And this creepy dude, like at a fence, just like leering at them. Yeah. And my, my thought is like, I know it's not the same age that we live in now, but people still like you would think would look at the fence and go, "Who's that creepy guy that's staring at this?" <laughs> hey, maybe what we should you get doing him. over there. <laughs> <laughs> None of the adults that Move. are standing watching this all happen uh, seem to think there's anything wrong. This guy's long coat just uh, leering at this little uh, redheaded girl. Yeah, yeah really she creepy. Was blonde. And also, eh, whatever. Made what? Uh, no, <laughs> wait, no. I, I, I thought she was redheaded because we find out later, Meg. Who uh, he he was in love with was also a bit of a redhead, so that's where the connection came in. On my oh, TV, really? she looked redheaded. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, on mine, she looked blonde. I think so. also made a little more <laughs> brunette, uh, actually. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> also made a little more uh, made a little more creepy because um, it was followed like right after we see uh, Harvey Weinstein's name come up on screen. Oh God, yes. And, yeah. Uh, oh. Even even Jenna, we were watching this, watching the credits, and she's like. Ew, like she just had a visceral reaction at the sight of his name. And then we see this creepy kind of fat uh, guy looking at women in a, in a lurid fashion. And uh, yeah, yeah. can't help but connect the two. But I, I would say women. it was nice. Yeah, exactly. It was nice to see um, the Miramax logo because I do miss yeah. Miramax. And man, 1995, this was like Miramax's heyday, prime. man. They were yeah. fucking like the best films were coming out from Miramax uh, for my money anyway. Mhm. Um all right, so before I get into anything else, I don't want to I don't want to hog this cuz this was a movie that I picked and a movie that I have a history with. I'm interested in getting your take. Like if you want to hit some notes or just kind of give me give me your impressions. What did you guys think? I I want to I want to take issue with something you said earlier and not so much something you said but what the critics were saying about this being a, a Tarantino clone. I don't think that's an accurate assessment uh, looking at it now in 2020. Uh, w- when you think about a Tarantino film, 
what do you think about? Do you think about um, out of sequence, you know, telling things out of order, right? I that think about that. I also think about people using the N word really liberally. <laughs> you a think lot. about that a lot, <laughs> a lot, you, and that kind of happens in this movie. Uh, yeah. this, this movie is a little racist and a little homophobic. A little, well, definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that was funny. Like Joe texted us uh, about midweek last week. Uh, I guess he'd already like, started revisiting the film, and he was like, uh, "Guys, I don't remember the end bomb being dropped this many times. We don't have to do this film if you want to. Dad, but, don't uh, want to." No. And I had to be like, "No, it's okay, Joe." Yeah, <laughs> yes, because that's because that's Tess's role now in society. Yeah, that's, that's my job in society. It's Tess's okay? job to both. It's both Tess's job to absolve and to validate. Yes, please. All yeah. of the white he knows right now. Yeah, that's what I've been doing all week, helping people feel tell good Joel, about their white tell guilt. Joel, tell Joel about the text you got. Tell Joel about the text you got. One of my good buddies from uh, college, mm-hmm. he texted me, and he texted me out of nowhere, and he's like, hey, man, I just wanted to check up on you, man, just <laughs> tell you that I may not understand what it is to be black, but oh. I'm going to be doing my part to you know, help out a little bit better, and I'm going to probably start by not saying the N-word. Wait, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He says, I remember this. He was like, Tess, you know, I know I've, I, I, I don't know what it's like, what you're going through, but I'm going to do my best to be a better white man. I'm going to stop saying the N word. I'm like, this well, yes, that is step one. Congratulations. Well, you, pro- you probably shouldn't have been saying it to begin with, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know what? I'm, I'm proud of you for at least changing your way. Well, I, I hope he was saying it in that Quentin Tarantino way. Hey, you're, yeah, you're my yeah, brother, right? Yeah, my- yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was <laughs> well, that's awkward. But but yeah, that's been that's been my week. <laughs> oh my god! So no, but that's what I was saying. I'm, yeah. I'll let you get back to your point, Joel. But like, I yeah. I, I do like throw around like the the racist and homophobic t- yeah. tone, but there's, like, like Tarantino does. But, but there's no uh, there's no pop culture references that they turn into like long yeah. soliloquies. There's no um, uh, shots of feet. You know what I mean? I mean. Yes, I guess it is in the sense that it's a kind of crime drama thriller about a yeah. uh, a crime that goes sideways, and there's some and and about a group of guys that have their own like vernacular. Like yeah. whenever someone pulled out like lunchy or boat drinks or give it a name or buckwheats, like yeah, buckwheat. they, yeah. it seemed like like every crime drama post Pulp Fiction was going full on like Gretchen Wieners trying to give like terms in a movie and see if they stick. And, you know, it was just a a sign of the times. And this is definitely one of those things. Like, again, like I, even me watching this movie, whenever they were doing this stuff and like Jack Warden is talking about lunchy, I thought he was lunchy, but not that lunchy or give it a name. And I'm like, okay, Tarantino influence. Eh, Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like looking back on it now, I think it says more about, how how much Tarantino was intertwined with the the mid nineties, aside from yeah. th- then that this movie was trying to copy Quentin Tarantino. Gotcha. I'm giving it. So, a pass. You, so you're giving it a pass on that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I, what I do think, you think, Ted? Go oh, go ahead. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll no, say no. this for the end. Go ahead, Ted. No. Well, I mean, going off of um, it seeming like a Tarantino movie, I didn't actually think that until you just started talking about yeah, that. There you go. And I can see the similarities. I can see the similarities in what you're in what you mean by that because I mean it is a story about a bunch of guys who who they've got a common thing they're supposed to be doing and it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then now it's about them dealing with the consequences of that. And with the majority of like Tarantino movies, that's kind of what happens in all of them. So I can see that. And also 
the supporting cast being how it was that's another yeah. like thing like in tarantino where it's like you have a bunch of actors in this movie that's like oh wow he's in this he's in this too like don Cheadle was in this movie yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. a throwaway don part and, yeah and young Debo. don Cheadle. yeah exactly debo was in this as well so it's like they, the supporting cast is also like that tarantino like nod where it's like okay let's get as many good actors as we can put them in this movie and just kind of let them go and do their thing and i mean as we can see from this movie i mean it didn't it didn't go bad, so I liked it as well. So I didn't say that earlier, Joe, but I did like this movie as well too. There you go. I enjoyed three it. for three. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. So, so you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe uh, wiping the sweat from his brow, just waiting for that other shoe to drop. There are a few movies where I'm like, man, I really like this. I wonder if they're going to like it. I wonder if like I'm going to they're going to watch it and be like, no, nah, I didn't like that part where Christopher Walken saying chugging cock like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was my favorite scene, but yeah. Hey, that's one of the, favorite, that's one of the best scenes. I love Chris like seven, seven minutes in, our, our protagonist, Jimmy the Saint, is talking to his buddy he works with, and he calls him a fag. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. wow, that's that's not indicative of our hero. He shouldn't be talking like that. So yeah. um, Tess was talking about this before we started recording, uh, and I told him to save it. And he was talking about like how he wanted, for when we get to the recast, uh, he was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I've I've recast the Lucinda character, but he was like, F- you know, no, not with the Dagny. The Dagny character was, yeah, was useless. <laughs> and exactly. I don't disagree with him. Dagny you. is is clearly a woman written by a man. Oh, yeah. Like she's she mostly if you pay attention when you're watching this movie, she mostly is there to ask Jimmy to repeat or clarify what he said <laughs> yep. and and then parrot back to him the things that he says. She doesn't have her own unique voice, which exactly. does it, it lends that to to uh, to test his argument. And I noticed that this time around, usually I don't mind Dagny so much, but this last time watching it, I kind of I I dove into it a little bit deeper and I was just like She's kind of, other than the fact that she kind of represents the legit life that he wishes he could have. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of useless. Like, she's a horribly written character. Yeah, definitely doesn't pass the Bechtel test. And uh, not really a lot to do other than being a a damsel in distress waiting for uh, Andy. What's his name? Garcia? Andy Garcia to to rescue her. I I did appreciate, I know she didn't have a lot of the lines, but... I like the writing in this film for the most part. I like the, the dialogue scenes. That scene when he first yeah. approaches her in the bar and talks about how she <laughs> glides and that yeah. uh, she needs oh, yeah. no, somebody that was, who can no, make that's her thump. The thing. That's the thing. That was good, like how they introduced her and everything. Like, But it was just a whole bunch of just dangling her in front of him the entire movie. That oh, it yeah. was like after a while, you kind of just understood, oh, okay, he's not going to be with her, so what the fuck is the Why are we even character? bothering? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, She's why there are to look pretty. Down this? Yeah, she's here to look pretty for those scenes. And it's like, I understand what you're saying. Like, she did she did represent him wanting to get out and him getting that legitimate life. And as he kept going along, he just realized, like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Like, I'm never going to be able to be with you. And at the same time, but she was dating, like, two or three other dudes. She was dating like, Alex. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, some other guy. He's like, who the fuck? I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when she said his name. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, just do what you're doing. Just go, See, just go over there. <laughs> it was really weird to me that he, like, they went out on their first date. It was their first date, and they went mm-hmm. to dinner, and he's already like, I'll translate. I'll translate what he's saying. And, mm-hmm. like, get into that whole, like, 
your you have my heart and won't return it like and I'm like, bro, you, this is your first. You should just be getting to know each other. Like, exactly. <laughs> it all just seemed like a like a one big pickup line, right? And even even to the point where he drops her off, like at eleven fifty nine, he's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't kiss on the first date. And then of course knocks yeah. on her door five minutes later. Once it, oh hey, it's a new day, time to bang. Because you know yeah. Jimmy the Saint has done that five or six oh, times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's is his, his move. move. You know that's his move. Now. <laughs> but, but there isn't a, a way that like Dagny kind of feels like she only pops into existence when she's relevant to the story. Like of course there is. She is not living a life off yeah, screen at all. Yeah, she's also there for, um, uh, to to give him some stakes at the end uh, for for Christopher Walken to threaten because he doesn't really care about anybody else. Doesn't even care about himself, but uh, he yeah. he cares about her enough to to risk it all. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what sure. leads leads to that moment, <laughs> because uh, like I said, Jimmy's out of the life and he gets pulled back in, and he has to bring together this crew. and And I would say that maybe maybe Jimmy is pretty bad at vetting talent <laughs> to to pull off jobs. Yeah, not maybe. the best at this. He, he even, like, at the end, when it all goes awry and he's having to explain himself to Christopher Walken, he's even like, hey, man, you you picked me. <laughs> like, he's like, this is the best I can do. That's all I had to offer. What you say? No, I- no. The line was, you brought me in. Then Christopher Walken looks at me and goes, and now I'm taking you out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cold, man. Mm. That is cold. Christopher Walken being the Christopher walken <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Do you think he picked that hairstyle for this movie? It's well, such a unique hairstyle that he's got going on there. He does a lot of weird things. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, who you'll notice, has a small cameo uh, in this film yeah. as the nurse. Hello, nurse. Uh, yep. Apparently, a few years later, did a uh, an interview. I think it was like Letterman or something, and said that on set he had like a little piece of rotten apple that he was keeping in his pocket, and he would nibble on it in between takes. And I'm like, oh God, yeah, I believe that. I have, I have no reason to believe Jenny McCarthy, but that sounds like something Christopher Walken totally would have done. So I'm going to say that haircut was his. I'm going to say a lot of the line delivery uh, was, was uh-huh. all his as well. Yeah. There, there was one delivery that he gives where after um, he's like, now I got a buckwheat too, Jimmy. You never beg. Uh, but he's like, he's talking to me. He's like, well, maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm a stand up guy. Or maybe may, buckwheat, buck, buck, buckwheat, buckwheat, maybe, <laughs> maybe no. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. at some point during that dialogue, like I've, I, I, I'm unable to follow him. And I've seen this movie like 20 times. Yeah. And I'm like, what did he just say? It's like watching Trump do a press conference. <laughs> Connect the dots. Uh, so, yeah, things go south. And it seems like. And that's that's one of the frustrating things. Maybe because I've seen this movie so many times, it's one of those elements that, like, as I'm watching the movie, I, and I know how things are going to turn out, mm-hmm. I'm like screaming, like, "No, yeah, don't, don't go in the closet! Do <laughs> how can you let this guy? Don't let Treat Williams be one of she the cops at all. His name's Critical Bill, for Christ's sake! When you walk into where he works and he's beating up a corpse, dude, maybe he's that, not the guy. I got to say though, that's one of the great introductory shots of a character of all time because you see Ever. him boxing and you just think he's hitting the bags right the sandbags and then as they pull back he's just like a like a dead body still like fully dressed and everything not like a meat sack but uh yeah, yeah. Just, just going to town at the ribs oh man it's 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 a pretty fun introduction <laughs> a lot of a lot of the the fun parts of the movie like some of some of my favorite parts of the movie kind of revolve around what's going on at that funeral home like after the botched job and mm-hmm. so the job like they have to go and they try to scare away 
this guy that's dating Meg, that's Bernard's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, that that and, actor who plays, uh, anytime you need a, a preppy looking guy in the uh, late 80s yeah. or early 90s, you get that guy. He's Knox Overstreet from, uh, from right. Dead Poets Society. Uh, and so, uh, and he's uncredited in this movie too. They um, Really? So they're supposed to just scare him. He's supposed to be by himself. How they know, and that's one of the things too that I wrote down in my note. I'm like, how did they know? What road he was going to be coming in on? Well, when he was man. going to be coming in? I didn't even know because, like, he tells the whole story. He's like, "The word on the street is he's going to propose." <laughs> like, Joe, yes. when you were proposing to Sarah, like, did you fucking post about it on Facebook or did you kind of hold I, that close I, to I the, the vest? word on the street? They use that word on the street element. They use that word on the street device yeah. like a couple times in this movie. Like when Treat Williams takes out Mister Shush. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jack Warden is in the diner, and he's like, "I heard he, the, I heard the man with the plan already made a call, you know." And it's like, "How do you know? <laughs> How did you know this thing?" I, I did like uh, that character though, because he basically serves as kind of the the narrator, the storyteller, if you will. Yeah, um, of course. And the, yet he's, court. but yet, yeah, but yet he's in the scene. He interacts with all the characters, uh, and he's always like talking to those two young kids, like he's kind of training them on, uh, on on how things work there in Denver. I, yeah. I love the way that they ended up tying in like that Steve Buscemi was sitting there with him listening yeah. to him talk. And it's like, oh, well, that was oh. pretty interesting how you mm-hmm. did that. I like it. Um, so, but, the, but things go south and they end up, Critical Bill ends up killing the boyfriend and then Meg comes out of the back of the car. They She wasn't even supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And spooked Christopher Lloyd yes. ends up shooting her in the head. And so getting back to what I was saying, like some of the funniest parts, it, they end up hiding their bodies in the coffin of another person that's supposed to be buried. Yeah. And there's this moment as like the pallbearers are coming to get <laughs> yes. like the coffin and they grab it and they all start to like fall down from the weight. Ooh, heavier than we thought it was going to be for just one dead body. <laughs> I thought this was a girl. Uh, Dude, oh, dude. Yeah, nice. It, it's dark, and there are times in this movie where I feel bad laughing, and uh, but I feel I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. No, it, you know? it definitely has a, a dark comedy vibe to it, um, and, and like yeah. you said, like you know shit's going to go wrong. You know that the minute that uh, Critical Bill is asking Andy Garcia, hey, man, you know, I'm always on the sidelines. Just let me be a cop. Let me go. I won't do anything. Uh-huh. You can trust me. And uh, yeah. that was uh, what that's, got the ball rolling. Well, that's, that's the old trope. That's the... Um, when when a guy's putting together a crew for a job, and there's mm-hmm. always the new guy, uh, like in Heat, <laughs> there's the yes. new guy, there's the replacement, and he's always where it went south. Um, so, did it seem to you like easy win? Like, I know there was that whole thing, that whole bit about how how Critical Bill was a fecal freak. <laughs> uh, like, but easy win seemed really mad about it, like, yeah, like super why, upset. Like, why does he have so much uh, skin in that game? Like so, yeah, like, exactly. Like, like if I was in prison and Tess was in prison, mm-hmm. and I yeah, found I out Tess so. ate that Tess ate poop, like <laughs> I would probably have I'd have a talk with Tess and go, well, that's kind of messed up, man. Yeah. But other than that, like exactly, like I wouldn't be like we'd all come into the same diner and I'd see Tess and go, no, uh, uh-uh, yeah, I'm not guy. dealing with him. Like it just it seemed like such a strong reaction. Yeah, but it was worth it to uh, see that table full of little kids having a birthday party in the same oh, diner. Geez. Just with our oh. parents trying to shield their eyes and ears from uh, the ongoings. Dude, that and also the payoff later when when uh, <laughs> when Jimmy finds him in the apartment, yes. hiding out in the apartment, and he finally talks <laughs> about it. He's like, "Oh my he's god, like, I did it for this. I got you know, I got this. I was, I was, I was at, I was forced to do it, Jim." 
You don't no. know what you're going to do until you're in the joint. And he's yeah. like, you would have done didn't it. even have no taste. Yeah. Spongy. <laughs> kind of spongy. <laughs> oh, my. Like, he, wow. he goes on forever. Telling, and uh, all of us are Andy Garcia during that scene because as he <laughs> yes. keeps coming back to it, he's like, no, no, stop. <laughs> yes. He's pissing in a, in a gallon bottle and stuff. Yes. He's like, what the f-? Uh, He goes full commando. I feel like Treat Williams improvised some of that stuff. I loved yeah, it, man. I, I, I that guy went from being like a zero in my book to it's like, oh, okay, this is like a, an Oscar worthy role for him. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh yeah. Critical Bill is definitely a character, man. Like at, towards the end, where like one of my favorite scenes was at the end where he was talking to um uh, Jimmy and he's telling him he's like, I mean, Jimmy, when you look at it, it was really all your fault. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're the guy who killed the guy. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Speaking of which. <laughs> But it's like you're right. He's right. He's yeah, right. The thing, he's is, not the wrong. thing is, you get that from Andy Garcia's reaction when he says that. Mm-hmm. Andy Garcia just kind of has this. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like at what point when you're going around trying to find everybody so you can get them money and get them out of town? Like with Critical Bill, maybe do you just go? He's a lost cause. Yeah, yeah, let it happen, man. I've, I've, I have a hierarchy that starts with a franchise. Work this exactly. day around the easy win. And maybe if I get around to it, maybe if I have some ducats left over, we'll visit Critical Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll but, get there if but, we can. By the way, can we talk about the naming uh, conventions in this uh, film? Because I love all the names. It's like a Guy Ritchie movie, right? We got Jimmy the yeah. Saint. Um, Christopher Lloyd is Pieces. Because uh, he's missing a couple of fingers and a toe. Uh, Cut that shit. Critical Bill. Uh, <laughs> critical Bill because he, uh, he he puts everybody in critical care, right? Intensive care. Yeah, critical condition, yeah. Uh, franchise? Uh, what was the story behind Franchise? Yeah. Franchise, Big Bear. Francis, Big Bear, Franchise, Chiser. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, easy win. And uh, who else? Well, I, Christopher uh, Walken is known only as the man with the plan in the credits. Yeah, yeah. with the plan. That's right. And there's Mr. Shush. Played by Mr. Steve Buscemi. Shush, of course. Buscemi. He was in, and I don't know how I missed his name in the credits, in the opening credits. I missed it. The first time I saw this movie, I missed his name. And so when he shows up as the hitman, like I was, I was kind of, because I had just seen him in Reservoir Dogs at this point. And to see him come back and play this role, like I was just like, what? Yeah. And he does a pretty good job at it, yeah. you know? Like he does. I don't, I, I don't buy the physicality of the no. fight in the alley. No, yeah. not at all. He, not at all. He at takes all. out like three street thugs who are beating up a fourth guy. Uh, but, but like one of them, he clotheslines and I, without yes. without moving. Like the guy does a flip <laughs> around Steve Buscemi's arm, and I'm like, Mm-mm, that's, there's no way physics will allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you guys think about the B plot? Where well, where Jimmy is trying to give. Dagny's boyfriend an engagement ring to give to Dagny and the fact that before the movie's over we see one final shot of Dagny and she's wearing she's the got ring. the ring on yep like is that is that going a little too far like they've they've gone on one two dates you know we could we could say they've gone on two dates and he's already buying like he bought an engagement ring oh yeah and he and he says shit like if I would have had the chance to possess your soul I'm sure I would have made it smile and I'm like, bro, this is some high school. Like, you are too into this yes. chick right now. Yeah. Too soon, man. Too soon. Reel like, it in. Hard to get a little bit. Jesus. Who talks like that? I appreciate that. I'll take that any day over the George Lucas uh, style of, of <laughs> which is just like, I love you. I love uh, you truly and deeply. deeply and madly. 
It's like, I remember that song from the 90s. Yes. 98 Degrees. I yeah. want to stand with you on you the mountain. I want to bathe uh, you. Okay. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> so Jimmy is supposed to get out of town, and he doesn't clear out of town. And Christopher mm-hmm. Walken brings him back. to like He's brought back to the house like, two three times i think he's brought back once but he comes back on his own like a couple of times mm-hmm. yes. um, goes to the bathhouse and and as he as he keeps coming back like it's like some of his buddies are getting killed and usually christopher walken like drops that info like because nobody got tattooed? out of town nobody got out of town or they got tracked down uh so jimmy goes and he's like leave francis alone he's got a family and and christopher walken's like sure he's got a family you know what's what, what am I going to do? He's a family man. S- kills him anyway, yeah, which stuff. is that is some cold shit. So all this stuff, like Andy Garcia finds out, like all these guys that he's trying to get out of town, end up getting taken. A spoiler alert ends yeah, up they end up getting taken. Well, just like a mid nineties movie, and and that is the one thing that it it does kind of. Tarantino. I don't want to say copies from Tarantino, but definitely has that Tarantino feel. Mm-hmm. Is that it's it's a tragedy. Everybody dies in the end. Yeah, and Christopher Lloyd, like you know, is given the opportunity to leave town. He's like, no, Jimmy, you know, we we I've lived a life, I've done the things, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this guy come and I'll go gracefully, and he does, you know, which is funny because <laughs> he tells he tells Mister Shush when he shows up, he's like, just make it quick, yeah. and I'm like, that's not what buckwheats is. <laughs> they just explain. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So, so there's this nice uh, uh, monologue that uh, who gives the, the narrator gives right about what a, what, what yeah, exactly uh, a buckwheat is, and we find out um, when, when when your name's been called, uh, you get you get shot in the ass, and not like yeah. in the ass, but like up your asshole yes. through yeah. your intestines or and wherever it happens to leave. And, and they, they they talk about it very graphically and talk about how you you don't die instantly. It's 15 20 minutes of 15, just 20 minutes yeah. pain. Oh, yeah. And and we see that sadly with the easy win laying there in the dumpster with like blood coming out of his, his ass. Yeah, Christopher and Lloyd guys shooting shooting dice yeah. down the alley That's right. yeah. as he died. That's cold. Man. And yet uh, Christopher Lloyd, yeah, just gets a quick one to the head. Like <laughs> what's going on? Why? In, in his porn theater. <laughs> yes, exactly. Died doing what he loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, people in this movie have a really bad habit of talking shit while somebody's already beating them fucking senseless. Yes. Like it's like it's like ludicrous from Hustle and Flow. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so, so like Jimmy's beating up the cop, the guy from Twins. Uh, I can't remember his name, but like he's he's this cop, and he's now tailing Dagny. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Andy Garcia finds out and starts beating him in an alley, and he's like, "Stay away from her!" And the whole time, like he's beating him with like a bat and like <laughs> punching him, and the dude starts talking shit. And I'm like, "Why would you do that?" And just like uh, Dag, uh, not Dagny, Meg's boyfriend. Yeah, the, the, boy. the Josh Charles character. Like, Chris, talk yeah. shit to Critical yeah. Bill. Like, he talks shit to him once. He does it Critical twice. Critical Bill puts a knife to his yeah. neck, right? And then Christopher Lloyd convinces him, put the knife down. He puts the knife down. The dude talks shit again. Oh, it's like, what? <laughs> and gets stabbed in the neck. Like, stabbed in the neck like 12 times. Yeah, dude. he had that coming. That's on him. <laughs> he yeah. had it coming. He deserved that. He did. <laughs> well, they had to make you feel not too bad for what's that guy's name? Josh Charles, I think, is the actor's Josh name. Charles. Uh, yeah. So that's a way to make him unsympathetic. He should have kept man. his mouth shut. Maybe uh, poor Meg wouldn't have got that bullet. But man, <laughs> Meg would still be around. That shut up, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that plan could not have gone any worse than the way it played out. Well, okay, so 
like critical bill pulls him out of the car mm-hmm. and like puts him up against the the the, tr- the van and all easy win says in the radio is he's out of the car <laughs> like maybe be a little more descriptive <laughs> yes exactly like hey critical bill pulled him out of the car i should get over there right yes. now <laughs> instead there's like a good like he's losing it He's going nuts. Jimmy, I think this is going down the road. Like, dude, take some initiative. And then when he finally does start to move his car over there, motherfucker, like hydroplanes on like a quarter of an inch worth of water. Like it literally started raining 30 seconds ago. And the car's veering all over the road. Like, motherfucker, let up on the gas. He's into it. Honk the horn yes, so the guys can hear you're you. You're like, 50 oh, feet away. So why didn't Jimmy just act like the cop and just say, hey, here's the thing. Mobster wants you dead. Mm-hmm. If you keep on dating his daughter, you're going to be killed. So go away. Like, Because the whole plan, if I understand correctly, is he the cops, the guys dressed like the cops were supposed to get him him over to Jimmy in the car so Jimmy could have a talk with him. I guess. Which just seems like too many steps to get this done. Yeah, I feel like... So like he, he hired like he's got like five people doing what probably one maybe even two could have done yeah. right him and franchise could have taken care of the whole thing there you go uh but no it's like <laughs> we did that we wouldn't have had this movie it's, it's a great right? point that's true that's true and it had to happen and i'm i feel like i'm the one that's trying to be overly critical because i, I grew up and love this movie well i can so i'm like I'm being critical, and you guys are like, oh, no, but I, I give that a pass. And I'm like, I'm like come on. All right, well, let, let's talk about some things I can criticize. The whole um, – <clears throat> Joe, I understand you know, the evolution of the, the, uh, the high five, and then we have the fist bump, and we've got the DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, you know, multi-tiered. But nothing And the seems, double dragon. The yeah, double the, dragon the, thing. The, the double, even the double dragon thing seems cool compared to this – I'm going to lay my hand against your hand for a couple of seconds too long. You know, for but for these guys who are thrown around the F word a lot, yes. uh, it's a little questionable. You're, you're They're a little touchy feeling. Yeah. And, and it's not until the end where we actually find out what it means. And I actually appreciate like what it means. Oh, you know, when you're in jail, you know, the only way you could yeah. you could greet uh, somebody else, you put your hand up against the glass. So so they do that, but when you do it in real life and you've got these tough guys doing it, it just didn't gel with me. It seemed a little off. You? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it didn't. I didn't mind it so much. Yeah, but I see where you're coming from on it. Yeah, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely strange until they explained it, and it's like towards the end though. It's like the, like, literally oh, the last scene. This is why they've been awkwardly touching hands. <laughs> I can't, you know what? That's so funny. I've seen this movie so many times. I can't even imagine being in that state of mind now, where I didn't understand what they were doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, well, to me, I'm just like boat drinks is boat drinks, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, man. I got you. So as he's trying to put his life in order, we find out that Jimmy's uh, got a friend, a little street urchin, mm. a, a, a scamp, uh, a prostitute. Yes. Lucinda, played Lady by Farty Rosa Paul. And, uh, and we meet her early on, and she's like asking him for five bucks. We find it, you know, we get the, the impression she's a junkie. Um, but as he's trying to find Critical Bill, and he keeps asking everybody, like, hey, do you, have you seen Critical Bill? He comes up on Lucinda walking down the street. He's like, Lucinda, I'm looking for Critical Bill. Do you know where he is? And she's like, no. And she's walking away real fast. And we see from our point of view, she's got a bruised up face. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, it's one of my favorite sequences in this movie because he's like, get in the fucking car. Get in. He's trying to open the door and kick it open. He's like, get in the car. Uh and drives her like she ended up having like a, a, a John that beat her up yeah. that like messed with her and beat her up. And he like takes her to like he's he, 
he finds out where the guy works. Mm-hmm. She makes him, she makes, he makes her tell him and they go into this place and they go into this boardroom where she points him out. <laughs> and I got to tell you, like one of the funniest yet also satisfying moments in the movie to see like Jimmy walk over and like just start beating the guy and like yelling at people to sit down and like giving a play by play of what this guy did. And I'm like, man. And then as security's pulling him away, he puts his legs, he wraps his legs yeah, around him. <laughs> Not let him go without a fight. But you know what? That, that's kind of when the movie started to lose me. Like I, I thought that was a little impossible. Really? Yeah. I thought that in the second act of this movie, I feel like it really starts to hit a stride. And I think Andy Garcia starts giving like well, a whole other level of acting, like a whole other level of work yes. in the second First half of, of all, this movie. First of all, we haven't talked enough about Andy Garcia and the amazing performance he gives in this yeah. film. Like I've seen him in a dozen other films, but I, for me, this is my favorite performance of his. I think he, he knocks it oh, out yeah. of the park. He owns his film. So he owns so it, good. Especially... Did I ever tell you about when I met him? No, please no. do. Regalus. Well, I was when I was working uh, at Mix 1029, uh, I was I was on air, uh, and the afternoon guy Tony Zaza, uh, he and I were both invited to this like press junket for the movie called I think it's called The Lost City, which was mm. produced by Garcia, and it's about Cuba because he is a Cuban man, um, and uh, and so we made our way over. It was at the Fairmont Hotel in downtown Dallas. We got there, but we had to find parking, and by the time we got parking, it was. It was ending. Like we had, oh. we had not only were we a little late, we we had our times mixed up. So we're showing up as it's starting to wrap up. It's like a big group junket, and like you had to sit with a group of press people, ask them questions on the dais and stuff. And uh, and so we find the uh, the manager for it, the person that invited us to this thing, and she's like, "Oh man, I'm so sorry, you guys missed it." And is there any way we can get a couple of words? She's like, "Look, he's pretty tired, and he's got the screening tonight." Uh, so when he comes out, we'll, we'll ask, but just don't, you know, don't expect too much. We're like, no, that's fine. We understand this is our mistake. So he comes out and she's like telling him the story. She's giving him the rundown and he's like, well, where are they? And she points us out and he comes, walks right over to us and introduces himself. He's like, hi guys, Andy, Andy, how are you doing? And we're like, oh, we're doing great. He's like, so uh, she tells me that, uh, and I'm saying she, because I can't remember her name. Uh, She tells me that, uh, that, you know, you guys got your times mixed up and you wanted a couple of minutes. We're like, yeah, like if it's not too much trouble, I just, we don't want to bother you. We know you got to get some rest. He's like, it's okay. It's all, it's all good. You boys, come on, come along. Wow. And so we go walk on the elevator because he said he says something like, "Well, I'd like to get freshened up first. And so we're like, "Oh yeah." So we assume he's going to go to his room, get freshened up, and then like come back down. No, he's like, "Come on!" So we all get in the elevator and we go up to his room, this top penthouse floor mm-hmm. uh, hotel room at the Fairmont. Uh, and he goes, we sit down in the living room and stuff, and he goes and sit, he goes into the other room, freshens up a bit, and we're talking to his assistants, and uh, he comes back out. We have a really cool interview, and the whole time we're talking to him, though, he's looking outside. He's paying attention, but he's looking outside. Uh, but he, he stops us, and he's like, what do you guys say we take this outside? And we're like, uh, okay. So we go out onto this balcony and start, like, you know, cons- commencing with the rest of the interview he pulls out these like three cigars and hands them to us and before i know like we're sitting there smoking cigars shooting the shit with andy garcia just 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 the nicest guy and uh and and he ends up inviting us to the screening he's like what are you guys doing tonight come on out to the screening you know, you'll be my guest. Come on out to the screening. Uh, and we had him do some like liners. And uh, this guy kept trying to because a guy he kills in Godfather three, he kills a guy named Joey Zaza. 
Oh yeah. And Tony's like, he's like, Hey, can you say my name? Like you said, the guy in, uh, in the Godfather three, <laughs> of course. And so Andy Garcia kind of rolls his eyes. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he gives a read and it's nothing like how he did it in the movie. <laughs> so, That's a big fuck you and, from Andy Garcia. Exactly. And the thing is, Tony didn't get it. So he's like, no, no, no. Could you do it again? But like, oh, do it more God. like this. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like face palming. And I end up looking at Andy Garcia and I'm like, yeah, now you're taking direction by two radio guys. And he's, <laughs> he laughs. He's like, oh my God, taking direction. He's like, you guys are fun. And uh, that's awesome. And he's like, "Let me get a." He says, "Let me get a picture with you guys." And I was like, what? "Wow, what? This is fun." So we got we got some photos and sent us on our way. Do you still have uh, them? Can we, we put them on the Facebook page? Maybe. Yeah, I've got I've got a picture of it. Nice. Yes, nice. I'm see very that. young. I got a lot of hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so Andy Garcia. I'm sorry to go into that long winded story, but one of the no, nicest no. dudes, and to see him like put in the work that he puts in is like it's really satisfying. And again, oh, yeah, yeah, Andy Garcia in this movie, Jimmy the Saint is probably my favorite role uh, besides the role he plays in uh, in The Untouchables. Uh, oh yeah, I, right. I love the role he plays in that. But it's definitely not as big a role as Jimmy the Saint. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, you look at the work he does across the board. When a man loves a woman, uh, in the Oceans movies as Terry Benedict, he's uh, the the dude has got some talent. He's got some yeah, acting chops, he's strong. and he's showing them off here. Yeah, he's got quite a range here. He plays um, cool, and yet uh, he's a womanizer, but uh, he's also vulnerable. <laughs> And uh, you know, and he's, homophobic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. All of the uh, all of the range. Uh, but no, I'm. Yeah, it's just a, a tour de force, and that's saying something considering the ensemble cast that he's paired with. All these yeah. guys are, are are really good. Oh yeah, for sure. It it seems like there's an electricity though in the scenes between him and Christopher Walken. Yeah. Uh, watch those two kind of go up against each other mm -hmm. is super impressive. Uh, I do love the part where like the goons where Donna's dad from that 70s show is beating up Jimmy the Saint. <laughs> Bob <Bizziati>. uh, <laughs> Like they're beating him up and at some point like Christopher Walken's like take out my dick. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody wants to do it. And nobody wants to do it. They all so they start looking at each other. More. <laughs> they beat him up more. They're like beg. <laughs> have, we, like, no, have we mentioned that Christopher... <laughs> Have we mentioned Christopher Walken is in a wheelchair in this film? Because well, we that, didn't. that no, could be very confusing oh, yeah. to those people listening now. William, yeah, unable to remove his own dick, so uh, asking for his goons to do it for him, <laughs> so that uh, Andy Garcia can suck it, presumably, right? <laughs> yes. There you go. Sign of dominance. <laughs> I love. The, I just love the reaction when he tells the guy to take it out. They, they the all stop. Just, they just like double take. They're like, <laughs> yes. oh, wait, what? <laughs> they all just kind of gloss over. Like maybe, maybe he'll forget. He asked. We just move on. I said, take out my dick. <laughs> Ooh, isolate that. <laughs> uh, that's the new, um, it's fucking gold. <laughs> that's just saying, tuck out my dick. I feel like we're going backwards there. <laughs> what else do you guys got? You guys have any other notes about this? Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I do appreciate and I use the word appreciate, not that I liked, but uh, I, I appreciate what they were trying to do with uh, the side business that uh, Andy Garcia has. So we're introduced at the beginning. He's got this business, which could only exist in 1995, right? Like yeah, <laughs> the minute yeah. the internet comes out, this is totally a failed business. It's obsolete. <laughs> but uh, his whole thing is he, he videotapes old people or people who are, uh, have a terminal, terminal. illness who are, yeah. who are soon passing and who have offspring, who have kids that they won't get to see grow up. 
and it's called what is it called after afterlife answers or something like that is the business yeah where he's videotaping yeah, these like people that. uh talking about a variety of topics and then uh, i guess the idea is when the kid is old enough they come into the studio somebody cues up a tape and to the time code uh and, and they show an example they got like the teenage kid asking about uh, girls tell me about girls and somebody fast forwards grandpa on a tape uh talking about uh, what he does to, to get girls which, by the way, his answer was to treat them like shit, which I thought was hilarious. Bro, like, wouldn't wouldn't someone have flagged that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, as, as they were recording the guy, like, uh, yeah, bro, let's flag that and not have mm. that be one of the answers because that's some dark <laughs> shit. Like, let's maybe this, not. This was played for laughs, <laughs> not, though. I liked it. Like, but... or at least Terry would have, or Terry, uh, uh, Jimmy would have known that was coming up because he brings that couple in that he's trying to sell it on, which he asks constantly if they understand what's happening as if they're like trauma victims. <laughs> Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm doing? Um, but yeah, you would think like he'd be going, oh shit, like that's the video of the guy that like says yeah. treat women like shit. And just because the old crotchety man, like that's his answer. That doesn't make the service any less valuable. Like their whole opinion of the idea of videotaping yourself for your unborn children, uh, they just do a 180 on it because this old guy in his 80s uh, has some old-fashioned views of women and courting. Yes, old-fashioned or just inappropriate. <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time where that was appropriate. He was setting his ways, Joe. You know? Just setting his ways, that's all. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I get it. They used it as a device much in the same way that uh, when Harry met Sally, uh, has mm-hmm. these little interstitials throughout the film yeah. where it's all oh, these yeah. couples telling the story of the day they met or when they fell in love. They're kind of using that um, in a bit of a heavy-handed way uh, throughout the film. Yeah, pretty kind of- heavy-handed, but they use them as kind of the title cards for the different sections of the movie. Exactly. And, on- and honestly, that's the way that they set up like the big thing at the end with, with Jimmy and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah. You know, Which I have to admit that that gets a tear for me almost every oh, yeah. time. Yeah. No, like, that, that, that definitely surprised me too, bro. It's like I didn't. Oh, I was like, oh, that's why they've been doing this. Oh man, mm-hmm. you see him on the tape doing it himself, uh, talking to uh, the He's unborn a- child that he and uh, Farouk Assault or whatever. Farouk Assault. Oh yeah, Farouk Assault. Whatever. Not not the little girl from Willy Wonka? Because she tells him, she tells him at one point, she's like, you know, I've got a plan. I'm going to become a masseuse so I can go legit. I can become a masseuse, but I really want to have a kid, Jimmy. We'd have a good, a a good looking kid. (laughs) And I love, I love Malt's reaction to that where he's like, what do you think, Malt? Should I do it? And he's like, that's just what the world needs. The offspring of you two psychos. (laughs) It's going to be the Antichrist. 666 (laughs) tattooed everywhere. (laughs) So did you guys see... Could, did you guys predict what was going to happen to Bernard? Which one's Bernard? The, the son. Walken son. Yeah, the son. The whole reason why they did this. Oh, well, I mean, the minute that he picks him up in the car, I kind of saw where that was heading. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Poetic. Well, and it comes I mean, on the heels of the scene where Christopher Walken is threatening Dagny uh, and her family. So uh, that's, yeah. that's the only way we can get back at him. He can't. Twice there, it was kind of funny. He does that hold me back, bro move. When yeah. He's trying to go at Christopher walking in the wheelchair, and he, he does it twice. Uh, so he uh-huh. knows there's no way he can give physical harm to him. So uh, he does the next, next, next best next thing. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> so, so I guess here's my concern. I think what he does to Bernard is fucking like, like talk about earning it. Like yeah. if you're if you're gonna put a mark out on me, you're gonna put a mark. I'm gonna earn that. Yep. Um, and he and I like the way that he, he faces it with like dignity too. But at the same time, I'm like, 
hey, man, maybe you doing this to his son is going to put Dagny in more danger. Yeah, because no. <laughs> like, are you? I don't know if you're thinking the long game here, but he wasn't, man. He knew he was dead at that. Listen, point. Dagny's yeah, going to be all right. Dagny wasn't. Dagny's <laughs> going to be okay. Dagny's going to hop that. Big piece of jewelry she's got, and she's going to be well, flying high. Well, and the fact that, like, I think Jack Warden says, like, after what happened to Bernard, the man with the plan never spilled a, a, a drop of blood ever again, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is kind of a convenient way to wrap it up. Sure. But at that point, it's like, that's not really what the story is about. So, cool. All right. Like, we can kind of, we can move on. Um, so, yeah, that that part where, where he, man, where he he get, he picks up Bernard and then just, like, stabs his ass Jesus. Uh, So that that was a shocking moment. And when the first time I saw it, when Treat Williams takes out Mr. Shush, like that that part surprised me. I did not think it was going to go down that way. Um, That's a funny little scene, though. It was. (laughs) I am Godzilla. You You are Japan. (laughs) He's sitting there waiting for him to get there. And Mr. Shush comes and he kills. I think he shoots the dog or whatever. It's like, the, yeah, he stabs the dog. He stabs the dog and he's like, oh, what? What is this? And then there he goes, Critical Bill, boom, shoots his ass right there. He's like, oh, your Party! reputation, your reputation has farly exceeded your skills. Yes. <laughs> he's got the commando makeup on and everything. Uh, and then he takes yeah. him out with that little pea shooter because yeah, yep. he's got the, he's got the gun and he's like, all right, I'm about to shoot him. And then you hear that go off and he thinks it's his. He's like, wait. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mine. And looks down. <laughs> oh, that's a, oh, that's a funny little scene. That, love it. That's, that's cool. Love it. I yeah, love, yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody has any illusions that Critical Bill is going to be gone by the time this movie's over. I don't think anyone's thinking like, "Oh, he's going to be the one that makes it." <laughs> no, I thought he was going to be the first one to go. Frankly, yeah, yeah, same. You could even deconstruct the movie a little bit mm-hmm. and and rework it so that way Mister Shush doesn't get killed. Because it's kind of unnecessary for him to die because the end product is still the same. Yeah. Like, Critical Bill he's still a character. And, and he's a character we don't even really get to know. So, him dying doesn't really mean anything. Exactly. And it's, especially when you follow it up with, well, they just called some more guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like now, now all you did was you killed a more interesting hitman <laughs> to bring in some faceless dudes that nobody cares about. Exactly. Um, yeah, a little weak. So, would you recommend it? I think yep. so, man. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, yes, all the way around. Um, I know that again. Everyone was comparing it to Tarantino at the time. I think that has more to do with uh, 1995 than it does the quality of this film and the writing. Like, th- there are a number of filmmakers who, if this were their best film, it'd be like a, their crowning achievement, right? And, and for this guy to have gone on, I'm talking about the screenwriter at least. Uh, the director just did a bunch of TV movies, it seems. But the screenwriter yeah. has gone on to do uh, bigger and better things, and you can see the seeds of it here. You can see it's full of uh, great dialogue and great names and great ideas and characters. And uh, yes, there's some hits and misses, but overall, uh, I like the I like the main character and that final shot of uh, where they kind of bring it all around of Andy Garcia walking back in uh, as uh, the old guy in the booth is telling the story of him. And we get to see that again. I think that was a perfect and, and poetic way to end the film. So, uh, yeah, th- oh, thumbs up. And before that, it's kind of we have that the whole boat drinks moment. Where, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah like- where we finally like, gentlemen, we finally have boat drinks. And so it's like that that whole idea that they're in the afterlife now, finally able to rest. And yeah. like, it was nice. You know, that's, 
it's it's a nice it's a, it's a nice way to kind of punctuate the a end. A little schmaltzy, but I won't say I didn't appreciate seeing those characters yeah. uh, together one last time. Yeah, especially seeing Christopher Walken or Christopher Lloyd with all of his fingers. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what did? Oh, Tess. Yeah. Oh. Oh well, I mean, yeah. Clearly, I would recommend it, and. Um, I don't like the fact that everybody didn't watch it back in the day because that they thought it was a Tarantino movie. Because at the end of the day, I love Tarantino, so I would, I would honestly have like watched it because of that. But in the but in the end, I mean, I would recommend it to people who haven't seen it because I know a lot of people who haven't. So Mm -hmm. it was a good it was a good ride. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would recommend. I recommended it to you guys. Uh, it it maybe doesn't age well, given the racism and homophobia that's on display. But yeah, man, I still think this is a really solid crime drama, and with a protagonist who experiences a legit and insane journey. Like, yeah. this is a character yeah. piece, and it's really satisfying, especially just to if you just look at it as like a, a demo reel for Andy Garcia. Like mm-hmm. this succeeds that's really absolutely what did the movie do right oh uh, i mean the cast cast is amazing uh led by andy garcia what else can you say Mm -hmm. yep yes great cast yeah um i love the cast i dig the story uh i think what i like the most about the movie is the character study like i just said like that character study that we experience through jimmy the saint's eyes uh almost earning his nickname like we find out he's called jimmy the saint because he went to seminary school but like he he's like putting everybody before him almost almost in a, a person like this could not possibly exist kind of way right but they don't but they don't make him a god among men like he's still a very flawed character right but the fact that like when the chips are down he is putting everybody else because he feels responsible that he pulled everybody else in. He, he's what Christopher Walken ideally should have been yeah. taking responsibility. Instead, Jimmy's taking responsibility and he feels that like you see that Nandy Garcia's performance that like every time he finds out one of his friends is gone, like that just, it, it tears him apart. Uh, and, and I love the way that physically you start to see him unravel. Right. Um, all right. So what did the movie do wrong? I feel some of the motivations of uh, some of the characters didn't really ring true. Of course, earlier I talked about uh, Andy Garcia making, um, I'm going to f- fuck her name up again, Lucinda, we'll just call her Lucinda, uh, making h- her take him to the office where the guy had beat her up. And it, uh, that felt a little out of character, maybe a little unrealistic. Uh, again, some of the motivations of the, like Christopher Lloyd just mm-hmm. getting handed a wad of cash and an airplane ticket out of town and him saying like, nah. I've lived a good life. Like I you, did the things. I did the yeah. things, but it's, uh, I feel like that character probably would have taken the money. Um, fucking, um, what's his name? A franchise. Franchise has already like loaded up his car with his kids and wife. We already had a scene where they left town, and then later yeah. on, he shows up again at the diner, and even back. fucking Andy Garcia is like, "Why are you still here?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> why? Well, he's here to die. That's exactly why he's here." So that felt a little convenient. I I think some of those motivations could have been. Uh, Reworked a little bit, but that's a minor twist. Sure. Okay. Test? For me, it was the Dagny character. Oh, yeah. Because I believe, honestly, that relationship between her and Jimmy should have been, it should have been developed a little bit more mm-hmm. because, like, you, like we were saying, they got so, they got so close so soon that yeah. it, it was so unbelievable. And it's just because, okay, she's supposed to be the love interest in this movie, so we have to show that. But then you also have, like, the Lucinda character, who there's some stuff going on with her to where it makes you kind of believe, like, 
in a way you could have morphed these characters yeah in a way it's where like just to save the time to where honestly you could have made a much better storyline it's a good point with that, that way. and, and that would have made a little more believable when he impregnates her at the end which i did not see coming so test you said exactly what i have written down nice. uh that what i thought that the movie did wrong was dagny and that it almost felt like there was a previous draft of this film where dagny and lucinda were the same character and yeah. that like it and it would have made more sense that like it's a, a romance that like he's from seminary school like you know he's jimmy the saint he can't be with a hooker like what that that's that's not something that, but the fact that there's a spark between them there's something between them that there's a genuine love between the two of them that he's beat up and she's the one that's trying trying to like clean him up and take care of him she's trying to get him like it's almost like she's trying to get him to get her to go straight like he wants him yeah. to want her uh, and I, I feel like I feel you to want me. I feel like that in itself is a much more interesting story, a much more interesting B plot to explore than what we got with Gabriel Anwar. Yeah. Um, all right, so if we were going to remake this movie now, mm-hmm. how would we do it, guys? I've got seven here. Looks like. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. And, and a bit of a theme going on. We'll see if you can pick up on it. All right. I have 10 of them. Holy I shit. have 11. Oh, I think I have shit. 11. I had to cut to them, too. That's the thing. All right, Joe, <laughs> you want to start, and we'll just pop in when we have uh, some recast? Well, who, who do you guys have on the bottom? Bernard. I have Bernard as well I did not on the bottom it. of my list. Uh, I recast Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, yeah. I recasted Jason Segal because Ooh. as soon as I saw Bernard on the screen, I thought that was Jason Segal. <laughs> it looks like him. I, was like, I was like, oh my God, is this a young Jason Segal? You know, movie? I thought he looked like I thought he looked like Richard Kind, who's uh, from <laughs> Mad About You back in yes. the day. Does all the yeah. Pixar movies. He he could have also been a young Vincent D'Onofrio. Ooh, no. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so who's next? Who do you have next? Uh, I have Joe Heff. The old I have, guy. I have two. Jack Warden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in mine, I'll, I'll go first. Mine uh, played by Martin Sheen. Oh, I like oh. that. Yeah. I went with Jason Alexander. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just stands up? Yeah, because I've been watching Seinfeld. <laughs> Is that your theme? Yeah. Well, no, it's not actually. <laughs> Jimmy the Saint in his day, the bitch's bastard. <laughs> Could you imagine exactly? Yeah, that's yeah, good. that's pretty good. That's good. Did you have him, Joel? I did not. Okay. Uh, who do you have next, Tess? Um, let's go with um, Lucinda. I have Lucinda, the Firuza Balk character. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mine, played by Margot Robbie. Oh, I almost went with her. I went with Jennifer Lawrence because we watched Hunger Games last week. <laughs> I like it. Not because of like any part of her performance, just because that's who we saw last week. That's, that's hilarious. Who we saw last week, you know what? I'll I'll go uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel Ooh, McAdams, love her as, as a hooker. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Sure. Uh, all right. So, would it be safe to say that Dagny would be next on your list? No, I didn't do her. I did. Oh, you did. oh that's right. I did. Uh, I recast Dagny with Natalie Portman. Oh, interesting. I went with uh, the actress's name is Michelle Dockery. You'll know her from uh, Downton Abbey. It's a brunette from that movie. You know what? I'll, oh. I'll go with Winona Ryder. Winona, uh, Winona Ryder. Winona. For that okay. Did you guys recast Mr. Shush? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I went with Adam Sandler for my Mr. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I went with, I went with uh, Jason Statham. 
Jason Statham's good. I went with Colin Farrell from uh, The Lobster a couple Ooh. weeks back. Is that why, Joe? Because we just watched it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, actually, because he kind of fits in with the director that I picked. Ah, interesting. All right. All right. So who's next? Let's do Easy Wind. Earl Easy Wind Denton in mine, played by Jamie Foxx. Ooh, I like that. I went with Idris Elba. Oh, I'm yes. With... Idris Elba. I went with Kenan Thompson. Yes, he looks <laughs> like him, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Keenan Thompson. Come in, Ethan. <laughs> do you copy? Do you copy, Ethan? The boyfriend's out of the van. <laughs> By the way, that Uh-oh. actor died in 2016. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. Oh. Bill Nunn. Bill Nunn? Yeah. He was in the, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. That's right. And uh, yeah. his sister act. Listen to our sister Holy act episode. Crap. Oh, that's right. He wasn't sister act. Oh, man. Uh, okay, who's who's next? Um, franchise? Franchise or Olden? Pieces Palomeros? Oh, we can do him. Uh, for my Christopher Lloyd character, Olden, I went with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, interesting. I went with Hugh Grant. <laughs> I'm going to go with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, oh wow. what? Wait, for Christopher Leo Lloyd? Playing, I honestly did because I honestly didn't recast that Sorry, Tess. I was like, you know what? That's just the first name that comes to my mind. All right. I'll put it. That's funny. Okay. So uh so what else? Who who's next now? Who do we who do we do? Critical Bill. Oh, Critical, Critical Bill. Bill. My favorite. Bill. Okay. I went with Jason Doring. Alexander. Oh, Jason. <laughs> or he did Alexander. Jason Doring, otherwise known as Logan Eccles from Logan Veronica. Eccles. Yeah. From what? What is that from? Veronica, from Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. He's oh, fantastic. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the, he's a he's a great actor. Uh, I went with Mark Wahlberg. Oh my God! Yes, I could totally see him okay. doing that. Uh, well, I have a toss up here, and uh, maybe it'll give my uh, my my theme away. But uh, I could go either with Brad Pitt. I could see Brad Pitt doing that role. Uh, or, oh, wow. uh, but I think I like Benicio del, del Toro better. Oh uh, wow! So the <laughs> the the Latin Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I think I think both would be fantastic. There. I agree. Um, okay, so Francis, Big Bear franchise, Chizer. Yep. The William Forsyth character. Uh, mine played by John Bernthal. Oh, <laughs> that's great. He looks just like, well, yeah, he's got a similar feel. All the tags, yeah, too. Yeah, his his approach, his acting approach. Is I went with uh, Vinnie Jones. <laughs> oh, shit. The juggernaut. <laughs> I went with Channing Tatum. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, those are those are all good. I like Vinnie Jones in it though. So you've got a lot of Brits in yours, Joel. Yeah, you figured out my theme there, buddy. Thanks. So. Did you go? Did you go? Uh, um, not Danny Boyle. What's his name? Uh, Guy Ritchie. I Ritchie. sure did. Yeah, you yeah. got it, man. You went Guy Ritchie. You can't have these names like all pieces and Critical Bill and franchise. You know, it just screams Guy Ritchie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, yeah. a Brit version. That would be fun, man. That'd be really good. All yeah. right. So the man with the plan, Christopher Walken. Oh yeah. In mine. Played by Jack Nicholson. Oh, you got a Departed thing going on there, don't you? With Martin yeah, Sheen. Not, not really. Just kind of a modern gangster movie oh, thing. That's right. Yeah. Test head DiCaprio. My bad. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went with <laughs> I went with Jim Carrey for that role for the Man with the Plan. Ooh, oh, what? But, would he be like? Would he be like Ace Ventura talking no. with his butt? <laughs> no, he'd be like. <laughs> He'd be like the evil guy that he in the new Sonic movie. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yes. Hey, have, you, have you watched that yet? 
was amazing. Uh, yes. That movie's I've, so good. Yeah, it's, my uh, my niece and nephew love it. It's so fun, it's so man. Good. It's so good. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah you should. You I love should Ben Schwartz, man. I'm in just for him. <laughs> His name isn't Ben Schwartzman. It's just Ben Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, ben Schwartz, comma, man. <laughs> man. All right. I went with uh, Tom Wilkinson. Oh, yeah. And uh, I do that because, Joe, uh, we recently watched Rock and Rolla. Like I said, we're working our way through all the Guy Ritchie movies. Just saw that, and he's uh, he's one of the bad guys in that. He's still good. He's also one of the bad guys in Batman Begins. That's right. Gets he his plays legs Carmine broken. Falcone. No, not Carmine Falcone. Is he Carmine? Yeah, Falcone? yeah, no. Yeah, he absolutely is. He is. But then who does? Uh, oh, who's is... Eric Roberts play? Oh, maybe in you might Dark be Knight. Right. I think Eric Roberts is Falcone. Yeah, you're right. And I think Tom Wilkinson plays a different character. I'll look it up. Um, all right, so that brings us to our final guy, our final cast uh, casting. Jimmy the Saint, Andy Garcia. Who do you have, Tess? I went with none other than Robert Downey Jr. That's Ooh, man, that's a good one. I like that. That's that's really good. Uh I went with uh <laughs> Tess isn't the only one that cast him. I went with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I almost went that direction. Uh, but instead I went with uh, Mark Strong. Kind of looks like Andy Garcia. Oh yeah, he does look like Andy Garcia. And was in rock and roll. That's pretty good. And all of this, for me, directed by Michael Mann. Nice. <laughs> it was originally Scorsese, but then as we started talking about it, I was like, you know what? I think Michael <laughs> Mann would be better with this. Oh, nicely said. Yeah. Of course, Guy Ritchie for me. Yeah? Test? Yeah. Well, mine was originally Tarantino, but then I switched over to Guy Ritchie as we were talking. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Just to piggyback off Joel. <laughs> Guys, if you have any thoughts about things to do in Denver when you're dead, if you have anything uh, that we haven't talked about with the movie, uh, if you feel like we've uh, we've – We've given it too much to love, and uh, and you got some something critical you want to share. Go ahead and go to facebook.com slash editing bay or uh, just in the search bar on Facebook. Type in the editing bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and uh, that's where you can talk back to us. Let us know what you thought, or if you got ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, you can go ahead and put your suggestions there. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do, but before I get to that, this just in. Uh, you were right. It was Tom Wilkinson playing the role of uh, Carmine Falcone. Um, Who was Eric Roberts? His then? name is Maroni, and if you combine oh, them, it's some form of pasta. Macaroni. Carmoni. <laughs> Macaroni. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we have a website. It's not the editing bay. It's not editing bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there and bookmark it. Anytime you need to know anything about our little podcast, we're going to find it there. If you don't find it there, you're going to find it on our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. The editing bay. The editing bay. Please follow us at the editing bay. It's uh, our editing for... bay Beyblade podcast. <laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> uh, give us a follow there if you want to keep up uh, with what movies we got coming out next. You're always going to find it first there. Uh, and if you want to support us on Patreon, you can find us on patreon.com slash the editing bay. I believe that's what it is. Maybe it's editing bay. Uh, use the Googles to figure it out, but uh, you can always support us that way uh, and uh, keep this little podcast going. So, all that and more on editingbay.com. Guys, please leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. Uh, And uh, then a review. Let us know what we're doing right. Even if you've got uh, criticisms, you've got ideas for things we could be doing better, just make sure it's a five-star criticism. That's all. Just be cool about it. Because you know what? If you leave less than five stars, you know what you are? Fucking buckwheats. Uh Uh-oh. You don't want to get shot in the asshole. (laughs) By Joel. (laughs) That's what he lives for. (laughs) Want to see that ass bleeding. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what happens. Throw your body in the dumpster. You don't have to say it like that. You easy. Hey, you know what? I just realized that character's name is Easy Wind. Yeah, Easy Wind. Well, it was Wind became a little easier. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Have some uh, respect, that's man. That's the kind of classy jokes you're going to find on the editing bay. Oh, oh yeah. come on, man. So uh, <laughs> what are we going to do next week? Tess, you're well, up, buddy. Uh, yes, I am. It's my pick again. Uh, I thought about doing a tribute, but... <laughs> <laughs> For who? Who are you going to do a tribute to? Wilford Brimley, but, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The big guy. My man. The guy. My guy. <laughs> but instead, I decided, you know what? My last movie, I did the pick of one of my roommates. I did Luigi's. So you know what? I give Keon a lot of crap, but I decided I was going to give him another movie. I was going to give him a movie. Oh, great. Movie. I can't wait. <laughs> and Sleeping on what, people's floors. This is one of his favorite <laughs> movies ever that he, when it first came out, he watched it all the time. And I'm talking about 2010's The Book of Eli. Starting oh. I've never seen it, so. What? Never. Never. Man. And I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard great things from Keon, but not so great things from Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Spoilers for next week. <laughs> hey, by the way, Tess, don't let anybody spoil this for you. Uh, so uh, don't, don't read up on anything. Just yeah, don't watch read it up on anything. side unseen I, and enjoy. Our, our boss almost ruined it. He did. He started getting into it a little bit. And he's like, yeah, man. By the And, by and then the, I had to tell him. I was like, like stop it. A few minutes in, man, I realized it was all about the. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yeah. So looking forward to that book of Eli. Sweet. Well, I'm just being nice. I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> I am. Thank you, Tess. Finally, you redeemed yourself for the lobster. Test with another post-apocalyptic was, fucking movie. Bro, when you were going into it at the beginning, I was like, "Oh shit, I have a whole nother poke." I was like, "Joe's gonna be like, damn, we went right back to post-apocalyptic." <laughs> Jesus, uh, cool. So we'll go ahead and check that out, and uh, and we'll uh, check in with you guys next week. So uh, until then, be safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, yeah, uh, all that good stuff. Just try to be a good person for God's sake. Yes, yeah. and no looting, <laughs> and, please. None. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, more, more, just don't kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's more important. But you know, also try not to, try not, try to stay away from everything part. violent. Exactly. Do your part. Yeah. Do, Do your, your part. part. That's right. Seriously, guys, stay uh, safe. We'll see you guys next week for the Book of Eli. Bye. 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 Pleasure of mine. <laughs> <laughs> someone's someone's stuck in in the routine. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to do my sign off. <laughs> How, how will people know the show is over? Hey, thank you, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Joel, always a pleasure. Hey, movie reference joke. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken quote. <laughs> <laughs> Go chug some You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I said, take out my dick.